Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Knock On brought to you by Zero Tackle. Dan, week one of the finals, we're leading into it, it's heating up. Uh, what Tell us, what's happening in the world of rugby league, mate? Well, mate, we've known several talking points down to seven and we might have something special tonight. Maybe, I guess we'll see. But uh, look, the big news coming out of the last few days is that South Sydney finally look like they may be moving Latrell Mitchell from fullback. What are your thoughts before I, uh, I launch in? Well, my thoughts are it shouldn't happen for 31-year-old Jack Whiten. That's, that, that's my first thought. He's going to be 31. We've seen this year that there has not been a, a decline in ability but there has been a decline in physicality from Jack. And he's a very durable, um, very reliable player. And yes, I, I understand that he, you know, didn't play origin this year, but he gives it his all when he's out there on the field and he plays in the front line. I just don't know if 31-year-old Jack White is the answer for moving Latrell Mitchell from the back. And I don't think Campbell Graham needs to be moved from his position either. I think Latrell Mitchell is the best fullback that South Sydney have at the club. It's just he doesn't play the new age style of fullback. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't – he's he's in between your ball runner and your ball player because sometimes he'll make you 200 metres, but he doesn't get involved enough in the game with his ball playing. And sometimes he'll ball play and only make 20 metres. So he's an enigma, Latrell. I, I mean, he, he's the best centre in the game if he wants to be, but – yeah, I, I just – I don't think that moving him for Jack White – like, if they were to put Jack White in a 5-8, move Latrell Mitchell into the centres and go out and get themselves a top-notch fullback, or even a fullback like Connor Tracy, if they were to go and take Connor Tracy back, that would be a better move than putting 31-year-old Jack White in the back. Yeah, look, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I have been screaming for Latrell to move back for the center, to the centres for quite some time now because purely – his body just doesn't seem up to fullback. And I'm not having to go at any stretch. You and I are both big Latrell Mitchell fans. This is a bloke who can break a game open, who can go missing for 79 minutes, do something ridiculous, and be man of the match because, you know, you think, geez, Latrell was huge today. You look at his stats, he barely touched the ball. I think he has to move to centre to prolong his career. I absolutely agree with that. But the time was six to eight weeks ago when before Blake Taft signed away because I think he was a more than serviceable fullback. I don't know what he's going to do with the dogs. I, I, You know, that's not our problem to discuss. If he was the fullback option and Latrell moved to the centres with Campbell Graham, South had the best combination. That's the New South Wales combination next year. That could arguably be the Australian combination at the centres. Like, that's how good it is. Even, even if Tommy Turbo's fit, you put him on the wing outside that, holy moly, even Brad Fittler can coach New South Wales to an origin win. No, I just don't see no he couldn't. No. Maybe I've been a bit silly there. I just don't see anyone in that squad that's demanding to be played at fullback. If they've got someone that we don't know about ready to go, then I, I fully support this move because I think it's best for club and Latrell himself. But as you said, Jack Whiten hasn't played fullback for a lot of years. They bought him as a centre. I don't think he's the answer, but uh, I, I don't think it'll be too long before we see them linked to literally every fullback in the game if this is going to go ahead. Speaking of fullbacks, Terry, what a seamless transition. The Sharks, it's come out today that if Connor Tracy does not play, that Will Kennedy may be risked. Should he be risked? 
Look, you and I discussed this at length um, on Fins Up, and I'm still of the belief that you can't you can't risk anyone in a finals game. But at the same time, it's now or never for Cronulla. And I like I, I go back and I have trauma from last year's final series of Will Kennedy being undercooked and not putting his body on the line. But it's a completely different injury. Last year, he had a shoulder injury and an ankle injury, and he had just come back from surgery. You know, this is a hamstring injury. So there was talks that he could have played last weekend and will definitely be in the side next weekend if they make it through to week two of the finals. I I think whoever's fitter has to play fullback. Mm-hmm. Whoever's fitter, because... Go on and thinking of the other options. Mawini Hirodi, he had a great game on the wing for Cronulla, but he's not really reliable. Dan Atkinson has played one first-grade game in seven minutes of rugby league in the NRL, no minutes at fullback. And Kaylero has played 80 minutes on the wing. So I think whoever is the fittest out of those two plays, and fingers crossed they just get through the game. And, and I mean, you've, you've kind of got to hope that they're both like one week away. So if you play Will Kennedy, for example, and he gets hurt, but they beat the Roosters, then Connor Trace is available to go to Melbourne or Brisbane or vice versa. You run Connor Tracy out against the Roosters and he doesn't make it through the game, but you beat them. And then you've got to fully fit Will Kennedy to to travel interstate. So it's out. Of, it's, it's one or the other for me. Selfishly, that's exactly what I was going to say. If Will Kennedy is up to it, I think he has to play. You said the magic words. He was slated to play next week if we make it through, which says to me, what's an extra week? I don't know. I've never had that kind of injury. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not exactly an athlete or a high-quality one at that. Stop laughing. That's very hurtful. But I just – one or the other have to play. It can't be Moylan, it can't be Euro, and it can't be Atkinson. But in saying that, if Kennedy and Connor turn up in moon boots this weekend, I can understand neither of them playing. But you have to make a decision, and it looks like it's it's Connor if he's fit, and if not, it's going to be Will. So, if you risk him and he gets hurt, and he's you know he spends the next three weeks rehabbing, you're going to feel bad. But in terms of results, it doesn't matter. I know that's an absolute prick thing to say, but I have no doubt that if Will Kennedy can walk, he'll be putting his hand up. So, I, I think you'll see one or the other, I, I, just as long as it's not that one. But from one laughable situation to another, Terry. I I don't know if I explain this properly, but we've had some clubs come out and announce their players of the year. Um, for those that haven't seen, the Dragons announced Blake Laurie as their player of the year. There's been a bit of blowback on that, which I'll throw to you in a second. Um, Manly announced Daly Cherry Evans. They should have just got up there and gone or dirt. Who else was it going to be? And the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs have announced Jacob Preston as their player of the year. Now, before I throw it to you for your thoughts, Terry, mm-hmm. a rookie being the player of the year, says two things to me. One, they got a good player on their hands. And two, that club is in dire straits. Yeah, I let's let's go back to the Dragons for a minute. What do you mean there was blowback on Blake Laurie winning the player of the year award there? Well, people seem to think it was Ben Hunt. I don't agree. I think it, no. Blake Laurie was very good in a terrible side. Ben Hunt was dreadful this year. Like... Ben Hunt has been in terrible form since he knew that he couldn't win the Dallium last year, right? And he has led his team down the ladder. Like, they were in finals contention last year. They've gone to 16th now. 
Ben Hunt didn't have a good season at all. He had a, he had a, 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 a great 75% of the season last year and a dreadful 25%. And he's had a horrific season this year. I, I struggle to think of anyone at the Dragons who deserved it more than Blake Laurie. This is a guy who averaged huge meters. Like he, not only was Blake Laurie the best player at the Dragons, but he was one of the most improved players in the NRL this season. So this just this just tells you everything that you need to know about Dragons fans, that they don't even recognize who the best... Ben Hunt is the biggest name. Blake Laurie was by far their best player. Like if you gave me the option to pick one player from that Dragons team to drop into Cronulla to make him a better team, I'm taking Blake Laurie 10 times out of 10. 10 yeah. times out of 10. Moses uh, Sully is the only other player I can put up there anywhere. Yeah, but he was injured. True. And Ravalar was the other one that I heard. Now, he scored a lot of tries and was very good, but Blake Laurie did all the hard work in the middle. I've got no problem with it. I think it's a good choice. I was shocked mm-hmm. when there was that blowback saying, oh, what about Ben Hunt? What about Ben Hunt? Yeah, what about Ben Hunt? What, what, what did Ben Hunt do for you guys? Now, Manly, yeah, they got – not only did he win the the – club player of the year, but he won the members and fans and sponsors and every other award. I think the only other person, well, there, there were, I think there were two players that, maybe three players that could have given an honourable mention. I think Ruben Garrick, just because he had to play centre and he had to play wing and he had to play fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Taniela Paseca had a fantastic year and I would have put him in my most improved players of the NRL this year as well. Uh, and I think uh, Hamali Olukwatu was a uh, probably the runner-up to that on the night, but it was the Daily Cherry Evans show at Manly. At Canterbury, um, I think I think Jacob Preston is a great shout. I, in terms of a rookie winning the Player of the Year, I don't actually mind it. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, we just spoke about it, but Daily Cherry Evans did it for Manly in 2011. Mm. Um and they had the Stewart brothers. And they had, you know, Glenn Stewart in sensational form that year. So, um, yeah, look, I think it, I think it just shows that he he was the most consistent player because that that team was absolutely god awful. And once he got suspended, there was just there was nothing. There was there was, and I, I think I think this just goes to as you said, the, not the dire straits of what the team, but the halves like. If ever Matt Burton was going to win a player of the year for Canterbury, it should have been this year, and he did absolutely nothing. So, I mean, just just pick someone and give it to him. Yeah, agreed. The only one I look at, Jake Avrilo was my choice. I thought he was spectacular. Mm. It seems the big dogs fans turn against him because he signed away. I get it, 100%. But he was your best player. I'm not going to argue with Preston. Though. I thought he was fantastic this year. But, again, a rookie second role winning your best player of the year says a lot about you know, you got Reed Marnie, Matt Burden, Kikau. I know he was injured for a lot, so I shouldn't really rope him in. But you got a lot, Josh Adokar. You got a lot of players that are on a lot more money and a lot more experience. But on a positive, Jacob Preston, hell of a future. Hell of a future. Now, Terry, mm-hmm. talk to me, Dan. Usually, we we have a couple of minutes here each to to have a bit of a, a complaint, a bit of a crow, a bit of a nerdy nerd. We told you so. Terry, we don't want to do it this week because it's finals. We don't want to bring the negative into it. Well, that's it. We're too, we're too happy. We're in a great yeah. mood. It's a you know Thursday by the time this drops. Rugby league, the series is here. So what I'm going to do, Terry, is I'm going to hit you with five questions. Now I haven't 
discuss this with you at all because I've only written four and I'll make the fifth up as I go to keep it extra special. But I'm going to hit you, mate. Please take as much time or as little time as you want. These aren't earth-shattering questions by any stretch. I just want to give you a chance to answer and tell you why you're wrong. Question number one, Terry. We go to Vegas next year. PVL says, you know what? We're going to go full America. We're going to scrap the competition. We're going to do a draft. You've got the first draft pick. Who are you picking? Oh, a fantastic question. I am, I'm picking for the future. I'm building my team for 10 years. I've got the number one pick and I'm building my, so I'm Cronulla. And I've got the number one pick. I've got the number one pick. I am picking Reese Walsh. Best age. Tremendous young. Best, best, best young player in the game at the moment. He's only 20. Yeah, tremendous runner, tremendous kicker. You could easily, by the time he's 26, convert him into a 5'8 if he needed to. I think this kid's going to end up with three or four daily M's around his neck. I think he's going to end up with a Clive Churchill medal. I think he will be the Australian fullback for as long as he needs to be. Um, I am picking Reese Walsh. Fantastic. I want to throw this one to the comments too. So if, if you had the number one pick, who are you picking? Because, you know, you could go out and get Nathan Cleary and try and build a, a win now team. You can go get Cam Munster, you know, the biggest big game, best big game player in the league. Or you go Reese Walsh. Or do you go like a, a Jerome Buller who, who you know, looks like a superstar after, what, 17 games or 15 games? This kid could be a freak. Gun to my head, I'm picking Nathan Cleary, mate, because I want to win now. But Reese Walsh is right up there. Question number two. We're destined to expand. The PVL, all the boys, they just they just want to say, well, we we need an eighteen. Uh, you know, we need we need an even number of teams. Let's be honest. Yep. Where should that expansion team be? New Zealand. Why? There's a market for it. We've seen the appetite, uh, and I think just going back and having a look at the results that they got now outside of rugby league, the results they got in the women's world cup as well shows you that there's an appetite for sport in other places that aren't Auckland. So mm-hmm. I think you could, you know, you could throw it to the South Island. You could throw it in Wellington. Um, but I, I don't want to hear of a Pacifica team. I want it to be New Zealand. I don't want it to be, I don't think a team is substantially in Papua New Guinea because you're not going to be able to, Players are just, they're simply not going to go there, right? And I know i know you have a look at the players who signed for New Zealand in the bubble mm-hmm. and asked for a release when they were going back to New Zealand. But I just think there's enough talent, there's enough money in rugby league as well to take some of the best union players out of there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as with expansion teams, you get you get a year to plan, you get a year to prepare you go and find the best young players. You go and find, you know, you turn and say the first couple of years are going to be a slog, but you go and find the best young players in rugby union who aren't getting, you know, the crack at the Auckland Blues or the Canterbury Crusaders and you, you bring them over. You go into the 20s competition, you rate it. You go to New South Wales Cup and you rate it and you bring yourself a good team in. Um, it's got to be New Zealand. I don't, I, I love the idea of Perth. I just, I, I think the, the, the time zone would see it collapse. There isn't an appetite for it in Adelaide. 
we saw with Origin, it didn't sell out. They had to give tickets away. Um, it's an AFL town with a soccer team that's semi-successful. I, the, the, the next best is New Zealand. Love it. I, I still maintain it's Perth. I actually think the opposite. The NRL wants a late-night game. You can see every game they push back. Every year it seems a Friday night game goes from 6.40 to 6.50 to 6.52. Now it's 8, 8.02. Origin might as well kick off at midnight. Perth gives you that chance to host a game in prime time over there and give a 9 o'clock kickoff here, which I think they would bend over backwards with. But no, the, only, the, only, the only thing for mine is the, the Warriors can never play at a Saturday night in Perth. They can never play on a Friday night in Perth. So they're always going to be every time. Yeah, no, for mine, no. Not, not Perth. No, fair enough. Okay, hand on heart, who's the face of the game right now? Male or female, if you had to build a promotional tour tomorrow, who's mm-hmm. the face of the game? Uh, look, hand on heart, it's Nico Hines. Um, but I could make a case for a couple of players. Uh, you could make a case for Caelan Ponga. Yep. Very, very easy case for Caelan Ponga. You could make a very easy case for Harry Green. Mm-hmm. You could make a case for Nathan Cleary, but I think just the community work and the story behind him and the rise that he's had, he's everything about rugby league. It's Nico Hines and maybe probably to a degree the Trell Mitchell as well. But yeah, I'll go Nico. No, look, completely fair. I would go Nico too, only because all the players you mention, you Google and they all have off-field incidents. I know Nico's not a clean skin either, but I think right now, I think, He's the one that most people, non-Sharks fans, seem to gravitate to. I think if Reese Walsh hadn't had his suspension earlier in the year, I think Reese Walsh is probably number two. Yeah, but don't forget, Reese Walsh also had the marching powder incident as well. Look, he did. There's a, there's a few. That's why Cam Munster doesn't get in the list. But yep. um, look, there's some good young players coming through. I love I love the trail. I think that's a great shout. I think Roger Tuivasa-Shek coming back puts him as the face in New Zealand with Sean Johnson. And Charles Nickel Clockstar, and that, that's a superstar three. Wow, we got some good players in this game. And uh, in terms of the females, well, of course, it's Jada Highlight. Jada Taylor will be the face of the game for the next 10 years at the Sharks. And no one can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're going to ask me for the, the women's, I mean, you're just going to go a big name. I think Millie Boyle's the obvious one that you throw up there. Um, but Ali Brigginshaw as well. Like, I think every time I watch the Broncos, like, she's just fantastic. Um, Jada Taylor will be the the face of the game for 10 years because she's so good. But right now, I'd say it's your Millie Boyle. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Now, this one's going to test you, Terry, and I want your honest opinion. Now, you and I both laugh, and we've had a lot of Twitter exposure likes on the back of the West Tigers, the Bulldogs, the Dragons, being terrible year after year. Honestly, as a rugby league fan, do you find it funny or do you wish they would come good and someone else, other than your team, of course, would take the drop for once? Oh, I mean, it got, it, it's gotten to a point where I just, I feel sorry for everything involved in the West Tigers, but it's at a point now where they haven't helped themselves. So I don't want it to change. Cause I want to, I, I, if you, if you said to me tomorrow, oh, I, I looked into the future and the West Tigers aren't going to make the finals for another nine years. I don't think I'd care. I, I honestly don't think I'd care. They're, you know, if you said to me the Bulldogs are going to come good, I, I probably wouldn't care either about the Bulldogs coming good. Look, I never want the Dragons to come good. I, I, I never want the Dragons to come good. But if you offered me 
if you offered me, you know, the West Tigers to swap with another team, I'd have to think long and hard about it because, for, you know, as I, as I said, for, for probably the first six, seven years, we felt sorry for them. Now they're just doing the same thing over and over again. And the two people who need to take the most heat at that club seem to just deflect and deflect and deflect and blame someone else and sack a coach and then sack another coach. And then, you know, they've, they've hired, they've hired Benji Marshall. So that way, when they're on a hiding to nothing, they can say, oh, well, rookie coach who was hired by someone else. Bad decision. It's just bad decision after bad decision after bad decision at that club. Um, if you gave me the offer to swap the Tigers with another club to have 11 years of misery, it's Parramatta. They deserve more than anyone. Fair enough. I um, I look, I don't cry any tears for mm. any side. When other teams are bad, it's better for us. And I'm very selfish in that regard. But mm. as a purist rugby league fan, the Bulldogs frustrate the absolute bejesus out of me. Their recruitment strategy right now is frustrating. And the fact that they're asking fans to buy in and buy memberships next year on the back of a horrible season, I maintain they're the worst team in the comp. And they've signed a superstar in Stephen Crichton, a bloke coming back from a four-year ban, and a bunch of utilities that can't find a proper spot anywhere else in the competition. That frustrates me. I want to see them come good. The West Tigers, it's far beyond funny now. I want, I want Pasco on that other flip out. I want a decent coach put in, and I want them to come good because I I have friends that support them that haven't gone to finals in over 10 years. Now, as funny as that is, and do not get me wrong, as soon as we finish here, I'll be back tweeting at them to try and get reactions, and they deserve it for supporting that bum club. But no team should be bad for more than three years. Five years tops if you need a total and utter rebuild or something like a salary cap saga or just Everything goes wrong. I want to see these teams come good. The Dragons could finish 17th for the next 10 years, and I couldn't care less. Now, fifth, Terry. Who's your second favourite team, mate? Whoa. I had a feeling that you were you were going to hit me with, with that question. Um, look, as a Sharks fan, it shouldn't be this team. Uh I'll say this at the moment because she's been an earshot, but my partner goes for Souths and when Cronulla aren't playing, I back Souths. But my old man was a Manly fan. So my second favourite, I've got a soft spot for Manly. Look, fair call. And you, you did the right thing, mate. I have no partner, but if I did and they supported another team, I'd hope double they lose because that's yep. the kind of I am. Yeah, yeah. Like, I support Souths, but if they lose, I don't cry any tears. It's fantastic. It's even better. But, look, I I have a soft spot for the Titans. I can't explain it. I have no idea. I love AJ Brimson, but that side is just outside of a couple of forwards. Makes no sense. And I cannot explain it, mate, but if the Sharks will go under, I would stop supporting rugby league and I would la-la-la it for the rest of eternity. But if you made me pick another team to wish to go well, it's the Titans. I mean, if you said to me that the Sharks were going to go under and I got 27 weeks of my life back, yeah, I'm not going to go and support another team for that time. Dan. Talk to me, Terry. It's Ben Cummins' favourite time of the night, mate. It's the set restart. Ah, oh, you beauty. You noticed when he waves goodbye this week, he had his hand... Yeah. Anyways. 
Mass cleanouts have begun, Terry. We've seen numerous teams release players and players and players. We've seen players such as um, Bailey Sirinan, which I thought was surprising not be contracted. Paul Alamotti is another name that I expected to come up somewhere, but has been released by the Bulldogs. These mass clearouts, they're no good unless you've got players coming in. Is it to you, is it something that you see as a necessity or is it just them saying, hey, look, we know we suck and we're trying to make mass changes? Or a bit of a bit of in between. I, I, it's the bad clubs doing the mass cleanouts, right? Like you're talking about the Bulldogs at the moment have said that, you know, there's eight or nine signings coming in, the players that have been tapped on the shoulders and the players that aren't being re-signed. But if this is this is like your clubs, like your Penrith, your Storms, um, your Broncos, the Sharks, who have got, you know, Cronulla have got two spots left and we're trying to offload Matt Moylan. Now, we're not going to have the money for a superstar that comes off contract. But, you know, just today when it said Raymond Fitilla Mariner, for example, is off contract, well, Cronulla don't have any back row depth. So straight away, he becomes a player of interest. And then when you told me Paul Alamodi, well, okay, I don't think, I think they've, they've stuffed up his career at the moment because I don't think he should be playing NRL now. But I think by the time he's 21, 22, absolutely he's going to be an NRL player. And if you are, you know, for example, as Cronulla, if you signed him and said, hey, listen, we've got a great thing going on with the Jets and you're going to play every week in a side that should be contending for the finals in there. But we've got a bloke named Cece Vitalica who goes who goes in and out of form and we've got a guy named Jesse Ramian who can get suspended. Your games will be in there. Absolutely, I'm taking a punt on him. Um, and this is why... You know, I know Cronulla have done their massive re-signing spree at the moment, but having three players or, or two spots, and if you get rid of Moylan, three spots up your sleeve for a clean-out like this, like, it, 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 you know, it's not bad. And then, then you know, you've also got the likes of Kay Liro, who's going to attract plenty of attention from other clubs, and Connor Tracy off the back of this season, you know, he's going to attract – I dare say South Sydney going to come all guns blazing at him. You know, he's, he's played for South Sydney before – Although he was a Sharks junior, apparently he was a Rabbitohs fan growing up. So, yeah, th- these match changes there. Like, I don't want to go and sign four players from Canterbury because then he's just going to turn into Canterbury. But a handy back row depth and a handy centre depth, yeah, I, I, could, I could be twisted into it. Now, they, these cleanouts only work if you've got targets. Like, mm-hmm. the the Bulldog, oh, you know, the Bulldogs have come out and said we're, we're releasing so many players. And Manly came out and tapped five players on the shoulder and said, if you can find spots elsewhere, it's okay, mate. But I'm tapping myself on the shoulder to date a mermaid. It doesn't mean they're going to come knocking. You've got to, like, these players have got to want, like, like create a, you know, there's got to be demand for them. And with the greatest respect to a lot of these players, there's not. Now, I believe Sirinan will, and I think Alamotti will. He will not last very long at all. As you said, yeah. there's a player in there somewhere. And he's off contract. So it's not like you need to go to the Bulldogs and say, hey, we'll do this if you let him go. You can just sign him. Yep. And it's the bloke who, who isn't going to be on big money and he's got a big future. I think the teams that are letting these players go need to stop signing the players that the Bulldogs are signing. You know, your Salmons, your Kurtmans. Okay, they're, they're handy players. But these aren't blokes you come in to shift your team. If you're going to pay a guy like that three or 400K, you're better off going getting Kyle Hero for 200 this is a kid who is screaming for first grade and wants, you know, he, his ceiling's up here. These blokes are down here. These guys, these teams have to take punts. 
Now, I, I fully understand they cannot go in with the same squads next year. I 100% get that. But if you're releasing mass players, and these aren't, it's not like you're letting Ben Hunt go, who can change your club because it frees up a million dollars and you can make a move. These are blokes that aren't on much, especially with Manly. I think two of them were in the top 30 and the rest were on the fringe. It doesn't do anything. I, I maintain that until you tap a player who's on at least half a million dollars, it doesn't do anything. Now, the Bulldogs yeah. have moved Kyle Flanagan on, which yep. gives them a little bit of room to move. That I really, really like. I cannot believe the Dragons picked him up, but obviously being their coach, they had to pick him up. That's the kind of moves they need to be making, not these, oh, these are 30 players that, you know, will never play first grade. We'll let them go because we're making changes. Yes. Yeah. just the, so, next the, the thing. The thing with the Dogs is if you signed Jamin Salmon or you signed Kurt Mann or you signed Drew Hutchison, you can turn around and go, yeah, okay, it's a handy pickup. But when you picked all three of them up... In Blake uh, Taff. Yeah, now just going on Kyle Flanagan, I actually like the pickup for the Dragons to partner him with Ben Hunt, providing Ben Hunt stays. I don't mind that whatsoever. That's fair enough. Speaking of not minding, another smooth transition. Mm-hmm. The best of the rest. We have nine teams miss the finals, mate. Who uh, Who's the team that you think is the best and can possibly bounce back next season? The obvious answer to this, yeah, Sid, um, the fact that they missed the finals is that, that like that's going to burn them all all preseason. And you know, you've already heard Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker turn around saying, you know, that they're they're skipping their off season holidays. And you know, if Latrell's picked for Australia, then he's going to go. And if Cody's picked for Australia, he's going to go. Otherwise, they're going to stay behind. They're going to train. Um, I think the addition of Jack White and you know is going to throw a more competitive edge in there. Um, so I think you know if one team can just go out and in, it's them. Um, I mean, I really, really like the recruitment that the Dolphins have done. Is it going to be enough to get them into the top eight next year? I don't know. I think you know. The obvious answer for mine, team to drop out would be the Raiders, team to go in would be Souths. I like it. I want to put up one team to argue with you, and that's Parramatta. I mean, King Gutho is in career best form. He's so good. That forward pack is so good. They never had listen, a run. Listen, I'll, I'll say this about Parramatta. The forward pack on paper is good, but on the park it's piss. Look, look fair call. That kind of takes my argument away, but... um. I, I think there are a couple of recruits. I think their outside backs, outside of Sevo, aren't much chop, and I don't think Sevo's as good as Paramount Defence think he is. But I think those two, maybe you can throw the Cowboys in there, but I think they have a tremendous halfback problem. I love the Dolphin shout because Herbie Farnworth could be the recruit of the season. So, yeah, Tom, Tom Flegler, uh, Jake Avrillo, I understand that he's done his ACL though, so that hurts them as well. Um, yeah, the Dolphins have... The Dolphins have recruited really well, but uh, the, uh, like the obvious answer there is that the Raiders are just going to fall into the abyss for a couple of years and Souths are going to go straight back in. What a shame. Speaking of letdowns, mate, who's 2023's biggest letdown and why is it South Sydney? Well, it is. It, it, you know, if we're saying that the team that shouldn't have missed the finals is South Sydney, then obviously they are the biggest letdown. I think you can probably throw uh, Parramatta into that as well. Um, three of last year's preliminary finalists not being in the finals this year. And the only team that does stay is Penrith. I think one that shows how good Penrith are and you know, that, that drop-off 
was was really bad. But biggest letdown, yeah. It, it's South Sydney, and then in a dead heat for second, it's Parramatta and North Queensland. Yeah, I agree. I cannot believe South Sydney aren't in the top four, let alone the top eight. Mm. I think what after round thirteen or something, or round eleven, they were leading the competition and they just mm-hmm. smashed three good teams in a row and held them to almost zero. I I, I, I can't believe it. I just I could go all night, but. I think it's one of those three teams. I'm going to go South Sydney, of course. Um, You're getting some very funny looks from someone in my house right now, Dan. Yeah, look, I figure as much, but uh, so be it. Won't be the first time. Now, mate, we have four amazing games this weekend. Well, three amazing games in Newcastle versus Canberra. There was a journalist, I don't want to give him any time here because he doesn't deserve it, who came out and said that we're preparing for a horrible final series. It's going to be one-sided, blah, blah, blah. Are you kidding me? What's the game of the round, though? I see three beauties. Um, well, yeah, I think the worst game of the round is going to be Newcastle and Canberra because, you know, they don't don't take this in any knock on you at all, Newcastle, but your opposition is pissed and you're going to win this game by, at halftime. Uh, so I think that's the the fourth worst. Well, that's, that's the worst game of the round. I think uh, next up will be Penrith and the Warriors would be third. Because, again, I just think Penrith are going to run through them. Yeah. I think Sharks and the Roosters will be the second best game of the round. The game around for mine is the Broncos and the Storm. That That is just like – that is a marquee matchup, and it makes Friday just spectacular. It does. You've only got to look at the betting odds. And there's three games – or two games that are close. One's an absolute blowout because Canberra limped in and don't deserve to be there. And one's involving Penrith. Penrith could play any team in the competition they're going in as, as favourites. But we've seen, they lost to Parramatta, what, two weeks ago? So this isn't, you know, they're missing Jerome Luai too. So don't think that this is the Penrith team of last year hitting the finals where they conquered all in front of them. Now, they might. They probably will. But you cannot tell me the Brisbane aren't in the running. You can never, ever, ever convince me that the Storm aren't. I went to zero tackle earlier. And I have some drafts there from 2022. From February 2022 is a article I wrote called Is the Storm's Aura Gone? It never left the drafts because I'm not that stupid. They're in it. The Warriors are riding high at the moment. The Roosters are probably the most likely team to win a competition outside the top four we've ever seen. Newcastle. Look, I, 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 they're they're on fire. They're, they've won nine straight games. It's going to be ten. Let's let's uh, let's say they've won ten in a row. Their route to the grand final is very difficult, but they may do it. Who's going to stop Caelan Ponga? Is it is their route to the grand final very difficult? Because let's just say well they're going to beat Canberra and the Warriors are going to lose to Penrith. So then they take on the Warriors, which they will handle the Warriors if Ponga just turns up and he's on it. And then they've got to go to Brisbane. Well, I think they've got to go to Melbourne. So, but see, look, that's well, the thing. All got to go. And, and, and they battered Melbourne six weeks ago. But the fact we're talking about this and not just saying, oh, geez, Penrith and Brisbane are in the grand final, says to me we've got a great final series. So get out of here with your bar humbugs. It's going to be awesome, yeah. except that one game is going to be absolute crap. Yeah, yeah, and just going on that, if my my, my team outside the, the top eight to win the competition is Newcastle and no one else. Well, there you go. Like, I just, I cannot believe they find negativity in this. It's going to be great. And of course, Brisbane and Melbourne is the game. I mean, do it.
Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Knock On brought to you by Zero Tackle. The lads at Zero Tackle are doing tremendous work every week, keeping you up to date on news, gossip, transfers, contracts, player movements. Give it some love. It should be bookmarked in your favourite tabs. Dan, what have we got to look forward to this week? Well, look, I have been tasked by my good friend, young Scott, the Awful Dragons fan, to produce some content to maybe just get a little bit under some opposition fan skin. So I've um, I've already produced, it's already out, or will be by the time this lands, hopefully. Uh, what went Ooh, wrong? Did you did you offer Tigers fans finals tickets? Because that'll get up them. Ooh, that's funny. Barbecue. Look, I've taken nine teams and I've said, well, this is why you make finals. Can't wait to see the way that's that's done. I've got a best 17 going, which is always controversial and always fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. And my, What's my the best favorite, 17? The best 17 of players that aren't playing finals. So, should be good, should create some, uh, and it's based on 2023 form too. So it's not just like, oh, we're picking the best players. So look out for that one. There's a few players that probably could make the side that didn't, spoiler alert. And there's some players who uh, will shock you. And my favourite, the, the, this one took me all day to compile and I loved it. It's the best, the eight best, the top eight best round one finals games of all, uh, since 2013, the last decade. Number one was obvious, but from there all the way back was very difficult. And I'll tell you what, watching the highlights during my lunch break at work was fantastic and I'm really proud of it. So please, if you have a moment, log on and check. But uh, as always, we'll see you next week and uh, Zero Tackles, where you want to be.